Hello, listeners. Symphony of Sound LLC is proud. Yes, I will say proud to introduce a very phenomenal woman who I've had the pleasure to meet and who is now um, a part of my journey as we journey through the U.S. Pain Foundation, becoming pain warriors. That's their term that I really want her to share today when I bring her on. And just to give you all a good overview of this so important and much needed topic for everyone to understand and then to act. It is my distinct pleasure to bring to you Miss Nicole Kimingway, who is the CEO of the U.S. Pain Foundation. Nicole, welcome. Hi, Linda. My pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Could you just please share with us uh, what the U.S. Pain Foundation is and how this so important mission came into your life? Absolutely. So the mission of the U.S. Pain Foundation is to empower, educate, connect, and advocate for individuals who are living with chronic illnesses that cause pain, as well as their caregivers and clinicians. And its programs and services include a variety of things. That would be a network of support groups, educational resources and events, a program for children and their families, federal advocacy efforts, a magazine that's called The Invisible Project, which highlights real people's stories living with chronic pain and so much more. And we are a nonprofit organization that was created for people with pain by people with pain. And it is such an important topic and discussion and I'm so thankful and grateful to be here with you today um, because this month, September, is actually known as National Pain Awareness Month. Um, over 50 million adult Americans live with chronic pain and over 20 million, it is high impact pain. So pain mm -hmm. as a disease is widely prevalent in this country today. And we need mm -hmm. to do more awareness um, and, and fight for education and access to more research and making sure that individuals have more alternatives and options available to them to manage their pain. Excellent. Now, tell me about this term pain warrior. I love it. I love it. I do too. Well, one of the things that U.S. Pain Foundation really tries to strive to attain is turning patients back into people. Um, I think too often we feel dismissed and we feel weak. We feel unheard. And the term warrior is really just pain warrior is really just to make sure that those living with pain realize their innate strength, um, that they don't necessarily view themselves as a sufferer, but rather a warrior, somebody who is fighting every day, striving to overcome the daily challenges. Um, and let me tell you, that is, that is no easy task. Just being able to get out of bed one day, that could be your pain warrior accomplishment for the day. Um, and so it really is trying to give us back the power and make us realize that we are way stronger than uh, we give ourselves credit for. And we need to keep pushing on. Excellent, thank you. Thank you so very much because I know that when I wrote my book, 
from lamentation to revelation. Uh, the term warrior <laughs> was not sort of in my vocabulary, even though I knew, you know, that, that I fought and by the grace of God, he gave me the strength that I needed. I use the term sufferer quite a bit, uh, you know, in terms of saying individuals who are suffering, if you are suffering from chronic pain, these are things to do. But I tell you, that pain warrior, it really does something to the psyche. It really does help individuals look at themselves differently and, and recognize that I, I can do this. I am strong. I am capable of, of living my life better. So I, I just want to say thank you so very, very much for, um, I'm going to say coining the term because it's powerful and it's definitely needed in the community of those who do carry pain. Well, and I appreciate that so much. And uh, I think what you said, it rings true in my own personal experiences living with pain. It wasn't just snap, I, I started having chronic pain and I saw myself and viewed myself as a pain warrior. It was that journey. Um, and it was through a long process that I was able to change that inner dialogue with, within about how mm -hmm. I was viewing myself and to stop looking at the things that I thought I was failing, um, that I was ashamed mm -hmm. of, that I was guilty or that I felt guilt for um, mm -hmm. and start seeing the other side of it, of just how strong I was, how much I have gone through, how much my story, as well as every individual out there listening who deals with pain, um, how all of our stories collectively are so important and so powerful in making sure that we create um, better access to care going forward and that um, we have the tools and resources available to us. Excellent. Thank you so much. Now, you mentioned the Invisible Project, and I will say that I, thank you, Lord, <laughs> I was invited uh, to be one of the individuals who shared my story in the, oh, something, I forgot, Nicole. The September it, it, or the October? October, issue. yes. Yeah. Of, of, 2000, of 2019. Yes, yes, and we were thrilled to have you be a part of it and as a participant and someone that we were able to profile. Well, thank you. It, it, was, it was awesome. That too, you know, helped me to look forward, to look ahead, to know that there are so many people, so many people in the world that needed to hear my story because I tell you, and I shared that a little bit last week on the podcast that I was searching. Oh yes, I was searching to find someone like you all during my journey. And so I am just so, I'm just ecstatic that I, have found you and that I will work with you to help individuals who are in need. It's all about taking care of each other, respecting each other, and doing for someone else what you would want 
someone to do for you. So again, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for heeding the call. Thank you for taking the necessary steps. Thank you that even though you were in the midst and going through your journey, you were thinking about someone else and what you could do to help make their lives better. Thank you so very much, Nicole. Thank you. You, you are so welcome. And thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, the Invisible Project is actually the flagship program of the U.S. Pain Foundation. And it came about in late 2010. Uh, and it really was, there's so much power behind individual stories as well as their personal photographs. Um, it was sort of to talk about what happens behind closed doors, to show mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, and we mm -hmm. wanted to capture the essence of what it is to live day in and day out with unrelenting, severe pain. What obstacles do we face? What accomplishments or successes do we overcome and, and reach and attain? Mm -hmm. And uh, what we started out was um, highlighting 10 individuals that had a variety of different medical conditions and discussing sort of a day in the life of their journeys. Uh, mm -hmm. From there, it slowly progressed, and we realized we couldn't just look at a day in the life. We really wanted to capture the essence of what somebody goes through. And so um, we asked for individuals to bring in their own personal photographs of their entire story. Uh, and then from there, it, it continued to progress where we started to see that while it was amazing to be able to share information and education about different disease states, if we mm -hmm. put together these publications, which are also free and available on invisibleproject.org, you could look at previous um, magazine PDFs and the current ones you can also order and we will mail them to you. Um, but what we noticed was that if we could start going by disease state specific, we could mm -hmm. tailor some of the articles so that it really pertained to individuals that might be living with chronic low back pain or osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis. Um, we also did migraine and headache diseases. Uh, we have done them on veterans and children living with pain. Um, so we really wanted to make sure that we were connecting with key opinion leaders in those specific areas and making sure that not only were we sharing personal stories, but that we were also providing information and hope. Uh, and then slowly through that, we also realized there are incredible organizations out there uh, mm -hmm. besides U.S. Pain Foundation that are doing amazing work and we wanted to highlight them as well. So we started offering spotlight sections where we could reach out to other groups and ask them if they would like to participate and share just a little bit about what they offer um, mm -hmm. so that patients have more resources available to them. At the end of the day, it's all about mm -hmm. education and empowering yeah. people and making others realize that they're just, they're not alone, that they need to hold on to hope um, and, and realize that there are, there are people out there that understand that are walking this journey or rolling along this journey with them. Um, and that US Pain is here to provide those resources um, and information and also guide them along their journeys. Mm. Again, I just have to say again, thank you, thank you. You know, because I've had several conversations with 
with individuals and we talk about sometimes pain in in reference to you having an issue going to the doctor having surgery done you heal from the surgery and you move on with your life for sufferers <laughs> of chronic <laughs> pain that's not the end of the story the story continues and as it continues with the help of organizations like the U.S. Pain Foundation and those that you spotlight and on your website, individuals who suffer can now have the tools to become warriors. And that is so very important because people will talk to me about how bad they hurt and then it got fixed and they are going on with their lives. And I'm saying, and that is the difference that the public needs to understand. You don't go back to where you were. You have an entire different paradigm shift and you have to learn to live your life within the confines I'm calling them confines <laughs> of what your body now has. But it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It doesn't mean that, that life is unfair. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just simply means that you have challenges that are different from other people. But those challenges require special needs. And that sometimes is what we are denied because the medical community does not yet recognize all of the different, and I want to make sure I'm saying the right terms, interdisciplinary modalities that are available for individuals who suffer from pain. So the that yes, the multidisciplinary find, approaches. Yes. Yes. So that they can find and use different techniques that can provide joy, that can provide relief, that can help you live your life well. And everyone wants to live their life well. It doesn't matter what you are dealing with. Your desire is to live well, to be happy, and to have joy. And if there are different ways for that to happen that exist in our medical community, we need the insurance, we need the knowledge, and we need to be able to receive the help that we need. I'm, I'm yeah. just going to say it like that. You go ahead, because this is your arena. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is your area of expertise, and I am just now learning, um, coming on as a volunteer advocate for the U.S. Pain Foundation, and I just want to thank you for the growth that I already have and the knowledge that I have received just by being a part of the organization and learning um, how to actually be effective in getting change. And so it's, it's a journey that I, I, I'm very excited about 
and I look forward to continue learning. Listen to me, getting my <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> it happens <laughs> to all of us. You know, as, as, as it is, you know, um, so that um, I can be more effective in working to help. And that's, that's the goal. The goal is simply to help. Yes, and, and I, I appreciate everything you said. And we need as many advocates out there that are speaking their truth, talking about their personal experiences to sort of guide this discussion so that all people living with pain have access mm-hmm. to multidisciplinary pain care. Um, before I sort of discuss that, I did want to touch on, I think you brought up a really good point. And one thing that we talk about often within our community is finding your new normal. Um, pain definitely robs us of a lot of different things. Um, it might take away our, our jobs. It impacts our home life. It um, is difficult when you're talking to friends, when you have to make cancellations. But the one thing that we look to discuss is really, what is our new normal? Let's set expectations mm-hmm. around the new way that we can live so that we can still live a fulfilled life. And you touched on that earlier. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say, I think that is so important. Um, we call it the new normal and, and finding your normal. way. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but then when we're talking about access and affordability issues, this is a huge problem for most people that are living with chronic pain. Um, we have a pain management best practices report that was put out last year that really emphasizes um, the need and that it's widely agreed upon that people with pain need to have individualized, multimodal, multidisciplinary care. The problem is, is that that isn't being put into practice right now, um, which is devastating because individuals are needlessly suffering because they Mm -hmm. don't have access to anything now. It is very hard to access for some accessing their medications. Um, There are insurance limits on potentially restorative therapies and trying to see PT and OT. Um, Massage therapy is something that we hear from our community often that they wish they had um, access to and, and they do not. So through our robust advocacy program, we really emphasize and strive to make a difference through our personal stories. Um, how, how, can we, how can we change this? How can we shift this paradigm? And things are happening. Um, and we are so lucky and so fortunate to have Cindy Steinberg be our National Director of Policy and oh, Advocacy. Yeah. She was part of the task force, the HHS task force, um, as the only patient as well as patient representative of an advocacy organization that worked on the best practices task force report. Um, She is a true advocate um, and champion of all people with pain, but we really need to make sure uh, clinicians know about the report and also um, urge our policymakers to implement the report and put funding behind it so that people with pain can start receiving the care that they need. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so very much. Now, Nicole. Yes. You are also an author. And I I am. 
absolutely love the title of your book. Uh, I'm I'm gonna mess it up, but I'm gonna say a part of it. No, it's not in my head. Yes, the journey <laughs> of a chronic pain survivor from wheelchair to the marathon. wheelchair to marathon. Girl, you go ahead. Tell <laughs> us about this book. Tell us about that story, if you would please. Yes, absolutely. So as I mentioned, everyone with U.S. Pain Foundation or associated. Um, lives with their own chronic pain or is a caregiver of someone with pain. I have lived with pain since childhood. Uh, in 1994, during a recess game of basketball, I sprained my left ankle. Um, my doctors originally believed it would heal quickly, but after three months of physical therapy and crutches, I still could not bear any weight on my leg. It was also hypersensitive to touch. It was purplish in color and really swollen. So it took my doctors about five months, but at the age of 13, I was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, which is also known as CRPS. And so CRPS is a complex disease that causes symptoms such as burning pain, decreased circulation, extreme sensitivity to touch, and loss of limb mobility. Um, I was one of the fortunate individuals that I had an epidural nerve block followed by months of aggressive physical therapy which put me into remission. Um, but my true battle with chronic pain would begin another four years later. I was 17 at the time. I had just started my senior year of high school and I was so excited about looking forward to the future, going to college, senior prom, all those things that, that matter as a senior. Um, but it was two weeks into the year and it was a fluke incident where I tried to give my best friend a high five when our hands somehow missed. Instead, my right ring and pinky finger made direct contact with her left palm, and instantly I felt burning pain. And within an hour, my right hand morphed into a claw and then clenched into a fist. And that fist would remain closed for the most of the next five years. So basically, within a span of seconds, I went from being a normal teenage girl with two functioning hands to an agonizing pain patient with, um, without the use of one of my, my hands. Uh, constant pain made it extremely difficult for me to concentrate on schoolwork or even attend classes. Mm -hmm. But what was worse was the ineffective medical <laughs> attention that I was receiving. Um, my doctors just thought that in the beginning I had pulled a few tendons. Um, but as time went by and I still was able, unable to move my fingers, those treating me began to question my pain. And I think this is a common theme for a lot of people living with pain. So... Um, I went through a lot of different tests and uh, numerous procedures. I've had nerve blocks, implanted stimulators, catheters, and pumps. I was being prescribed high doses of pain medications. Uh, and then it slowly started the CRPS to spread throughout my body. And it was at that time where I realized that I needed to advocate better for myself. And so I started to mm -hmm. look outside the box and trying to find mm -hmm. other multidisciplinary approaches that I can also add into the treatments I was trying. And I was very fortunate um, that over time I was able to find a, a treatment that worked well for me and for my body. Uh, and Excellent. through that, I, I found my voice. I found how it was extremely validating to me to have somebody acknowledge what I was going through um, and how yes. that shifted my mentality. And with that, I, I wanted to make sure that others realize the same thing, which is why I wrote my book, 
uh, was to share everything that I went through so that someone else may not have to go through similar things, or at least if mm -hmm. they were going through it, they knew that they weren't alone and that there was some light at the end of the tunnel. Excuse me. Excellent, excellent. Can you please tell our listening audience how we might purchase your book? Yes, you could go to NicoleHemingway.com. Uh, it is also available on Amazon.com by either typing in the title or my name. Okay, can you give us the title again, please, ma'am? Yes, it is. No, it is not in my head. The journey of a chronic pain survivor from wheelchair to marathon. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so very much. Nicole, it has been delightful speaking with you. It definitely has been educational, even though a lot of things that you've touched on, I've had the privilege of participating in. There is so much more for me to learn and so much more that I am ready to give to this organization in terms of helping people find the help that they need. Just like you said, um, it's a pain for people with pain because you understand because you have experienced it and gone through it yourself. And there is nothing like firsthand experience in anything that we do. So thank, thank you, you once again for uh, coming on Symphony of Sound and sharing U.S. Pain Foundation's mission, the vision, the goals. And once again, she said, U.S. Pain Foundation is looking for more advocates, more advocates, more people to come aboard to help. So if you are even in the least bit concerned or interested in what she has shared today, Please go to uspainfoundation.org. Is that correct? Or is there a specific place you'd like for uh, volunteers to go? That is the perfect place for volunteers to go. I was just okay. going to plug two more things, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Because I was going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is we know how important it is for people to feel supported and to have a community and mental health is a very big component with chronic pain. Yes. And we have a clinical director of our support group programs um, and it's called Pain Connection. Our clinical director's name is Gwen Herman, but we offer five free calls every single month that individuals can join for support. We also have other events that she puts on and we have we're turning a couple of them into video conference support groups right now. So please check out painconnection.org if you are looking for some more support and community. And then the final item that I wanted to talk about was because it is Pain Awareness Month, our initiative this month is called My Pain Plan. And if you head to mypainplan.org, you can learn a lot more about multidisciplinary care as well as learning about treatment options that may be available for you. We have a really cool interactive module on the site, which will walk you through seven different categories of pain management, 
Uh, you can learn more about different therapies. You can check the ones that you're interested. At the very end, you are able to either download the information or you can print it out. Um, we are extremely thankful and um, to our sponsor this for this Pain Awareness Month, Sunbeam, for working alongside us on this initiative. But um, another great resource, especially for individuals who feel stuck or are newly diagnosed and aren't even sure of different therapies that could be out there for them. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so very much. Nicole? Thank you, Linda, my pleasure. Take care and I will be speaking with you soon. Yes, bye. Bye-bye. And now we'll hear from Madeira E. Rogers. Black Pearl Marketplace is a, an experience. I've been given a gift by the creator to, to test an idea that addresses group economics, it addresses intentional spending, and most importantly, it addresses doing business with other folks who are darker than blue. The platform we're using is a marketplace platform where information is shared, given, and we, we want people to have thought about their experience with us. We are a support system for beginning businesses. To those who have been in business for five to 10 years, we're like a marketing platform that uses the vehicle of radio with our 30-minute BlackPearlMarketplace.com radio show to our boutique, which launches on the 24th of September, and we'll be featuring somewhere between 20 vendors, and they're all very different, um, and those vendors will be online with their boutique for 30 to 40 days, and during that time, we may have other vendors um, join and want to be part of Black Pro Market, so we're attempting to make the market or the boutique um, a destination in regards to certain types of services. We want to promote green platforms. We want to promote artists who are more conscious in their green, making things, recycling, in addition to traditional um, products and services that range from mass-produced things as jewelry to locally produced things. Um, the other platform is that we promote youth. We have a youth component that is done through the Literacy Project International, whose magazine where we will be doing an actual news show that will be a podcast for um, children and teaching them how to use their voices. So Black Pearl Marketplace is a a place where you come to learn and exchange information and ideas. Um, the way we sustain it is through our sponsorships and co-sponsorship packs, as well as our vending rates, which range from anything from $15 for the month to 
as high as 250. Um, and workshops are our third platform where we will be presenting keynote speakers as well as our vendors and their expertise sharing with the broader audience. So it's really, it's like a community center sharing information and making sure the information is positive, insightful, but real, truthful. We want to be able to walk the talk and talk the talk. It's not about it's not about a market. We, because of COVID-19, believe that that is not the proper way to expose anyone that we're dealing with. Why would I harm? Why would I want to put someone at risk to do an open market, open air market, when we really don't know what we're dealing with? So in order to honor our vendors, sponsors, co-sponsors, finding unusual ways to present a market is what Black Pro Market is honoring. And so I am proud to share that I am an integral part of Black Pearl Marketplace, working as assistant producer for the radio show on WBOK, also as a voiceover talent, as co-host for the radio show. This is just a preview of what you'll hear on Black Pearl Marketplace on WBOK in New Orleans, Louisiana. This is Black Pearl Marketplace, linking 30 minutes of local, national, to global news from a Black, African-Caribbean perspective. Black Pearl Marketplace, blackpearlmarketplace.com is an example of sponsors, co-sponsors, and vendors sharing Black dollars to intentionally spend with media businesses such as WBOK, 1230 a.m. Today's sponsor, Eating Clean with Ra. Come check us out online at Black Pearl Marketplace, blackpearlmarketplace.com. This concludes our interviews for today, Sunday, third Sunday, the creative entrepreneur. I pray that you heard something that inspired you, that encouraged you, that will cause you to act whether it's on behalf of another or for yourself. Live, learn, laugh, and love. I'll see you next Sunday on Symphony of Sound, LLC, where we'll blend God's word into the very rhythm of life.